no question about that. It's supported by you, our listeners, through patreon.com forward slash NQAT pod, where you can get access to our weekly ad-free bonus episode talking about football around the Premier League and Europe. Hey Wayne, so we've just seen Brentford 1, Manchester United 3, which was, uh, at least in the second half, a, a much improved performance. But before we get to the conversation about that, I, I owe you an apology, don't I? On last week's pod, I said I'd never met you and you uh, quickly corrected me. We did indeed meet and I was going through it in my head and I remember it. And I remember the evening and all the various conversations I had. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) I know, I know. Clearly more memorable one night tryst for me than it was for you. That's fine. (laughs) Well, (laughs) (laughs) there's a few people said that, but, you know, we won't go there. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, it was interesting. I'm pretty sure it was one of the, the, it used to be a bloggers meetup in London called Socrates, which uh, a guy called Terry Dufflin organized. I think it was at his agency's headquarters. They They had the game on big screen and a few people were there i remember chatting to them because i might be mixing evenings up but i'm pretty sure you is you and andy frankos were there right yeah yeah, yeah right that was a, a long so that would be yeah 2010 world cup yeah it's a long um, time ago something tells me it was the the suarez handball affair long before right, he became against, a villain for us Uruguay yeah. versus ghana my oh, wow yeah. yeah and i'm pretty sure michael cox was there and Jack Pickbrook was there as well because he was he was writing the City blog at the time. We had a long conversation about that. Good times, as was United versus Brentford. Eventually, what do you make of this game then? The typical game of two halves, right? Yeah. We were so bad in that first half. And it was, I don't know, sometimes we don't look like a football team. Do you know what I mean? Sometimes we go Frequently. And you don't know what they're doing. Like, I, I don't want, I mean... You look at the way that we played, and, and one observation I tweeted out was that sometimes they're so careless in possession, some of our players, that you actually don't know what they're trying to do with the ball. I mean, they'll hoof it clear, but they'll just hoof it high in the air, directionless. And then it's the same with movement. Well, obviously, we know that, you know, the, the players yeah. don't always move for each other. Sometimes they'll just play the, I don't want to say safe pass, they'll play the obvious pass and they don't think about the the players that are around the the player that they're passing it to is so careless sometimes. And you look back at, I was, I don't know if it's like a, a trend that's been coming into United since even the Fergie days, but I always don't want to say admired, but Chelsea under Mourinho and the, the post Mourinho era, even under like Grant and Ancelotti and Villas Boas, maybe it's to do with the personnel, the likes of uh, Terry and, Lampard, they're always a lot smarter in possession than what we were. They like the clearances would find one of their players, mm. and I know that United take risks, and I'll, that's why we love watching United play. But this isn't taking risks; it's carelessness in possession. Oh, sure. isn't it? Yeah, and it was so bad tonight for the first half in particular. You had a lot of clearances like that that were just going high in the air. You had a lot of these aimless sort of like just pass the ball for the sake of it. Basic mistakes, isn't it? I couldn't, I was watching that first half especially and it seemed like 
just the very, very basics of a simple five-yard pass were going astray. From players who are way better than that, and you, wouldn't, you shouldn't expect it from them. I can't put my finger on why that is happening, but it's definitely happening. Exactly. That's the thing, isn't it? It's, care- it's got to be carelessness because you know the players are good enough. They're playing at a, a team that really one of the top five teams in the country, and the players are obviously mostly good enough for that. So you can't really doubt that. I know that this was a criticism under Solskjaer. What are they meant to be doing? Blah, blah, blah. But competently coached to some extent to like to, to get these basics right. So what, why are they being so careless? Is it to do with the fact that you've got an opponent who are a little bit more aggressive, a little bit more on it than what we are? And, and sometimes that makes us look more careless than what we are. I think it's true. Any team that presses against United gets some, I mean, they've all seen it. Right, yeah, they get some exactly, joy. Exactly. Yeah, and and yeah, do you know what? Like, we can complain about that, but then let's flip it, flip the switch, and say, look, how good we were in the second half was a mirror Nine of day. how bad we were. It was unbelievable. We were so good. McTominay excelled. One of his best forty-five minutes that I've seen him play for us, and he wasn't particularly brilliant in the first half, but the way that he was breaking up and playing the the second half. Um, even seemed to make Fernandez play a little bit better. He's, I don't know if it's just a matter of a couple of players standing up and taking responsibility for it, but obviously the football in the second half, for, for 25 minutes at least, was very good. I, I think they pushed Ronaldo a little further forward as well. I mean, just one, one I, like an observation, not, not being a you know, tactical genius or anything, but it just seemed to me that Ronaldo and Bruno were getting in each other's zone all the time. And since Fred was pushing quite far forward... Yeah, and it's, it's proven fruitful for him. What's that? Five assists in his last few games now. For him, everyone was like on top of each other. The Greenwood and Alanga were very, very wide, and the fullback kept coming inside. So you had this whole cluster of players. It just seemed, it seemed a bit of a jumble tactically to me, at least. I think they went back to back to some basics of who was supposed to be in what zone for the second half, at least for the the first twenty minutes of that second half. Uh, and yeah. that helped. That helped a lot. It helped stretch Brentford. And but I, I kind of thought before this game that Brentford would cause some problems just because of the nature of their game. They have a model which is based on high intensity, high press because they don't have players of the quality. Obviously, most of that that squad have come up with them from the Championship, but they can match people for and exceed other teams for physicality. And it just seems to cause United a lot of problems. I, I wouldn't be surprised if this is not. Part of the reason Maguire's been out of the team, I know he had fitness issues, but he just seems to get caught with that quite a lot, which he did as soon as he came on as well, which was unfortunate for him. Ralph managed to sort that out at halftime. And the good part of this was just how sharp United were in that second half. Still boss possession. I had something like 70% possession in that first half, but just did nothing of any note with it at all. And Alanga's goal was United's first shot on target unbelievably yeah. you're quite right about the the way that they changed the shape well, not so much the shape but the way that they changed the um, dynamism of that shape because they seem to be a little bit more compact so we talk about the full bikes and we were we've talked about this before i'm sure Ed, about how many formations that uh, uh, ralph's running through so he's trying this new one which is quite right yep. it looked like it was going to be a four two three one on paper at villa um, but then obviously you could see it was a four three three and fernandez was dropping a little bit um, left and deep so yes, right. Fred yeah. is almost like playing this false 10 position, which obviously has been fruitful. And yeah, and, and it was 
bring in the rewards again tonight because obviously he played quite well. His ball to Alanga, wasn't it? I mean, just a magnificent wand of a left foot. Uh, one for the football cliches pod there, isn't it? You know, it's always a wand, isn't it, when it's your left foot. Magic ball again from Fred. You know, who'd have thunk it? Fred as uh, our leading creator. And but Alanga, by the way, magnificently taken, like the, the flicking it up and heading it in. I was expecting, do you remember back in the day when Rio always used to tweet silks, hashtag silks, yes. I was <laughs> expecting that one because it was so classic. But then, all the, you know, the, the Ronaldo chest down, obviously it's kind of a thing that deserves an assist by itself because it was so magnificent. Hell of a, hell so, of a pass, wasn't it? Yeah, something of Cantona in it, wasn't it? You know what I mean? That sort of. Gallic shrug. Yeah. And I don't want to be too negative about this. We won 3 1 in a game that I f- could have fully expected us to drop points in you know, because Brentford are a great. They've, they've taken the division by storm for, for a promoted side. They've done really well. So I wasn't too optimistic about our chances, especially the way that they play, because it's obviously, like we said, it's engineered to cause a team like us problems when we're in a passive move like we were in the first half. But then the. Ragnick had commented on Sunday, didn't on Saturday, where he talked about how he didn't want to change the game. He didn't want to change the team. He didn't want to make any substitutes and maybe he should have done it. And I thought that's automatically causing a problem for the next time you're in a decent position away from home, like we were, because he's automatically now he's mm. thinking, what am I going to do, stick or twist? And I'm sure we've had this conversation before and maybe it's the kind of thing that we'll always have, every United fan will have had in infinitum until these players are changed. There's no safety with numbers when you put these players together. If you watch that five yeah. minutes back at the end, I'm not saying that we were ever, we weren't ever duly threatened after they scored the first, their first. We saw it through fine. But if you watch that for last five minutes back, I just watched the aimless way that the players are just kicking the ball anywhere. It's yeah. like they just yeah, yeah. presumed there's, that there's some panic there, wasn't there? Yeah, and, and yeah. they didn't need to be, especially when you look and you've got the numbers. You've got the numbers now. You've got a number. You've got a compact shape. You should be able to see it through. But they just, I think they just look and they think, oh, well, we've got the numbers, so it doesn't matter where we kick the ball. Somebody should bounce along somewhere. And it just kept coming back at United as, yeah. uh, as a result, didn't it? And yeah. Fortunately, Brentford weren't able to take the chances. I mean, they created four or five good chances in the first half as yeah. well. Yeah. yeah, a couple of good saves from David De Gea, smart one from Tony Nearing, and a couple of other shots that, that on another day Brentford might have taken. Uh, and at the end, they did cause some pressure. Fortunately, they didn't get the second because we know how fragile mentally this team is, United team yeah. is. They probably would have collapsed, wouldn't they? Uh, <laughs> right, it was interesting on Saturday yeah. because I, I hadn't seen all the post-match comments. It, it's interesting you said that because I instinctively I felt that he'd waited you know, quite a lot too long to, to make the changes. Uh, and it almost seemed that it was Gerard who had been more proactive. And for the manager who's only got, what, three years of experience as a manager against Ragnik, the father of Ging and Presson, it, it was a fair amount of kudos to Gerard. But tonight he made them only five minutes earlier and he made a change with Brasher coming on for Ronaldo, presumably to try and stretch the game, worked. Uh, and Maguire, presumably, to try and have some more solidity, mm, sort of sort of worked <laughs> with yeah. Maguire getting a semi-assist for Brentford's goal. Uh, so maybe there was a hint there that Brengnick's going to be a bit more proactive. Uh, and it seems he's still learning. Uh, yeah, every single... This was same system, ostensibly, Bruno a bit further forward as, as against Villa, 
but a different, very different sort of way it was executed, at least for the first 45. And it feels like it's been that case for every single game now. Just a bit of a change each time. Formation yeah. change, personnel change, the way it's executed. He's still trying to work it out. He hasn't got much longer left to work this out. I was making that comment about, it was more about to do with the Pogba thing, everything that's come out with that, and the, the, this idea that he's going to be playing him as soon as he's back in the side. And he made a comment about, what was it? that it's going to be a shop window for him or something. Words to that effect, that it's a good thing for him to earn a contract somewhere else. And I thought it's such a crazy thing to say, in my opinion, because I'm looking at that thinking that's really counterproductive for the kind of environment you need to set up at United at the moment. Yeah. But then someone came out well, and said, well... It has to be competitive. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. And you're just basically saying that. But it's the same... It's not just Pogba. It, we can't... I'm Pogba's biggest, biggest critic in terms of he's played well in a handful of games, well, she would say 20% of games he's played well in, and I might be being generous with that since he's come back and played for United. So I don't want to get on his back too much, because this isn't just about Pogba, it's about Lingard, it's about Martial, players who have done things where you say, oh, well, they won't play again, and then they're back in the squad and on the pitch in the next game, and it's like, there's no, it's not to do with that they shouldn't play again or that they've um, desecrated the badge or anything, it's the inconsistency of standard, what you're setting from the top. Yes, and, yeah. But the problem comes, Ed, when the fact, and someone pointed it out to me, and they're quite right, and you just mentioned it earlier, the, the manager himself is entering. It's all about accountability, and it all comes from the top. I had a long discussion with Dan at the weekend about this. The lack of accountability from the top causes all the problem. We talked about it earlier this season. Yeah, yeah. But even from the manager's point of view, it's a hell of a difficult position to be in where he's interim. It seems pretty clear now. I guess Pochettino's people are making it known that United are, are uh, still having those discussions, right? They do talk a lot, Poch's people. Mm. I, I don't think there's any doubt about what he wants. So it, it seems fairly clear that United are looking around, looking to make a permanent appointment, don't see Ragnick as that, that permanent man, which mm. leaves a credibility vacuum for Ragnick, who's trying to get something out of players, some of which are ultra-professional and demanding of others, Ronaldo, for all his many sins. Yeah. It's hard to question that part of his character. Uh, and some of, of which are on the other scale of either on the verge of letting their careers drift or have already done that, uh, Anthony Martial, you mentioned. And that, that's a really difficult environment to be in, uh, and especially where you have this kind of credibility gap. N not in terms of his CV ranking, but in terms of, of his position at the club in that role as manager, interim manager. Yeah, because if you've got a manager who's in for the long haul now, then there's definitely a more convincing argument to say there's more value of putting Pogba out to pasture for the next three months to say, no, you can't play for a move because they, they don't get a transfer fee for him. I know he's one of the best players that we've got. You can see already the value in trying McTominay in a different position. You've got to try him because... There's obviously some kind of potential in there. So McTominay and Fred, for whatever purpose they've got to serve the club in the next three or four years, you've got to find out how good that is in the next three or four months. So I'm not saying build the midfield around them, but obviously they're not going to buy one this window. So you've just got to look at what you've got. And, and those are the obvious yeah. two. And Donny van der Beek, who will never get a game ever again. <laughs> no, he didn't even um, get his customary two minutes today. Unbelievable. I'd be asking for the transfer tomorrow if I was Donny. He's, he's in his contract. Two to five minutes every <laughs> game, guaranteed. Exactly. And 
but th- that's it. So you've got the likes of, you know, Pogba and Martial and Lingard, but Pogba, obviously, he stands out firstly because of the personality that he is, secondly, because of this, this on-off, well, off-off relationship we've had for four years when yeah. he's been in the squad, and also the fact that he's one of the most talented players we've got in the biggest problem area that we've got, and yeah. it's, ne- it's never worked. The, the message that you'd be sending if you've got the permanent man in, in charge or the man who's in charge and he's got the direction and he's the one sort of leading the ship moving forward, you would know that there's a certainty in there that if he's saying, well, Pogba's not going to be playing a big part because we need application and dedication to the cause. And uh, Fergie it, did it countless times with big names. Got rid of them frequently, didn't he? Yeah. Not to relitigate his success or otherwise at United because that has been uh, covered in many, many places. But going forward, it seems clear to everyone that he's leaving. The chances yeah. of him signing a new contract appear to be slim. I suppose United could take it right down to the wire like they did with David De Gea and throw a huge amount of money at him and he'll just look around. And it may well be that, the like with David De Gea, it becomes a, a millstone and a totem that other players would look at if that happened. For all his um, mercurial talents, Pogba, it, it may be a disaster for everyone if he, if he signed on. May not, who knows. But the question of him actually playing or not comes down to does the manager believe he'll he's fully in for the next few months? Can he make a contribution on balance? What's the trade-off between you know short-term and and longer-term exactly. needs? Yeah. And United making that trade-off as well with Elanga, Rashford, and Greenwood in forward positions when they have Cavani, who's definitely going in the summer, and Ronaldo, who's got a one eighteen months left on his deal and is. 38 in a couple of months time so you're making all these trade-offs so with Pogba it'd come down to that conversation that has apparently happened between Pogba and Rangnick and about the dedication it's you're it's a weird way of phrasing it putting himself in the shop window it should be he just wants to win for now we have other precedents don't we because Ericsson was basically frozen out of the team at Spurs before he left and you know it's clear that he wanted to go wasn't running out of contract, but it was clear. We know from the documentary as well. <laughs> said it yeah. very politely, but said he wanted to go. Donnarumma played all the games for Milan, and there was never a hint he was ever going to be dropped before he moved to Paris Saint-Germain. Wijnaldum played almost every game for Liverpool before he moved on a free as well. So it kind of depends on the personality, doesn't it? Um, it, it does, but also United have got this culture that they're trying to rectify of wanting application, and when they need like that extra 10%. And yeah. Pogba... Even if he gave you the extra 10%, you wouldn't be able to see in his expression that he's given it you. I'm not criticising him because that's the way that he is as a player and for, for his good and his bad. He's just what he is and we know what he is. And, you know, and he, and he has had some great days and he, by all accounts, he's a very popular lad in the dressing room and he's not like a very divisive figure in that respect. So it, it's very difficult to know where where the good lad and the good player that sort of thing where obviously that line was very blurry under Solskjaer I don't think the kind of media narrative helps I guess we're part of this media narrative aren't we (laughs) but I do get the sense without really knowing that the dynamic between Pogba and the club and his teammates and the manager is very different than the one that's played out in public but anyway he's almost certainly leaving in the summer it'd be amazing if he stays Amazing as in surprising. In the literal sense yeah. of the word. Almost only going as well as Anthony Martial. I don't know when mm. it'll be, whether it's this January or in the summer, but there doesn't seem much of a road back. It was, the comments 
in, in which Regnick, and I don't know whether there's the subtleties of the language when he said he didn't want to play. Now, we know this with Martial. He's done this before when he doesn't quite feel right. He says, I, I'm not ready. I, I can't play. Now, I suspect it, it was that rather than I'm not playing, which <laughs> is the way that Regnick made it sound. And yeah. Martial obviously made the posting afterwards on Instagram to deny it. Uh, it seems like they've cleared the air because he was on the bench and he wouldn't be if there was no way back for him. And by the way, Cavani's done the same thing. When he doesn't feel 100%, he'll tell the medical staff. And the medical staff and Cavani have differed on this one. There's some good reporting around that. This is definitely true. He'll say, look, I'm not ready. And the medical staff will have no you know, explanation for it. And I don't think anyone would get on Cavani's back no, for very Ragnick, different reasons. You're exactly right. And Ragnick did actually say, didn't he, a few weeks ago, he said something like, oh, Edinson told me that he wasn't ready to play or something like that. He yeah. actually came out and said, yeah, I, I do think, yeah, you're probably right that there was some kind of miscommunication between the two, if we're going to be fair. But I've got a little bit of sympathy for Martial as well in this because he, again, his biggest critic but when you look at the way that he was treated quite badly under Mourinho, now there's a very there's a double argument with this because you could argue that at one point when he was surplus to requirements, say 2018 when he was actively trying to move him, and obviously a year before that he tried to get Perisic, so obviously Martial was never really yep. in his plans. He took the number nine shirt off him, all that sort of palaver. I had that argument, but I would have it with any manager. You bite the manager, and even if he's going to sell the most unpopular, the most popular player, bite the manager because he's the one in charge and he, he's meant to live and die by those decisions. Woodward obviously intervened when he wanted to sell Martial. We all know everything about what's happened with Martial. Obviously, he came into the side. I, don't know, I always felt his first season, obviously he was at his best in the first season where he was keep, keeping, well, taking a lot of people by surprise. But ever since then, you haven't really seen a player, a forward, who looked like he could dominate or, or terrify a top defence. I don't think we've ever seen him do it. And I don't want to be too mean. He's obviously got a lot of potential, but those best games have come against the Norwiches and stuff. He's had his moments. He's had his moments against yeah. Chelsea or... or um, City a couple of times. I know Season that. before last, he got 20 or something. No, yeah, he's obviously a good goal scorer. His best goals you've seen normally, they've been the goals that he scored against Stoke or Norwich, where they've given him a little bit of space on the edge of the box and he's belted it in the top corner. There's a player in there, he's got talent. And over the last sort of few months, he's not going to be playing in the system. We, we know that. He's obviously, he was a favourite under Solskjaer for a bit, but I think, I think his drop off in form really coincided with Cavani because Cavani's a different kind of player so when he was yeah. coming into the side and he was pressing and showing this kind of emergency because we haven't seen that for four or five years in a forward we haven't seen it since Rooney at his, at his pomp really true yeah or Chicharito so we haven't seen a player hunting in the way that um, Cavani was doing and it was like oh my god that's what a United striker sometimes does and it, it changed the dynamic for Martial, unfortunately, because he's not that kind of player. So now you've got this situation where, to be fair to him as well, as soon as the nonsense came out, his agent came out and said something, and Reinick called that out, and he went straight to Martial, and Martial said that straight to him, yeah, I'm requesting a transfer, I want to leave. So that's all been done perfectly yeah. fine. And it, I think that's fair all around, isn't it? He needs to move on, the club needs to move on. His agent needs to now go find him a club. The same argument for Pogba. It's not the stage for him. And there's a player in there. Let him find his stage elsewhere because it's no. It does nobody any good. 
keeping players in systems they don't fit, in a place that they don't want to be, in a place where the fans are divided against that player anyway. So they've got some churn, they've got to turn a, a, a consensus around against them. And mm-hmm. then the talented players, you know what I mean? It's just time for everyone to make this change. And yeah, it's just a bit unfortunate that you see the, the not bitterness, but the bitty stuff come out. You know, like, oh, oh, he's refused to play, blah, blah, blah. You know, we can be better than that. It didn't help that it it was in the press, basically. But you can understand why. He wants to go, yeah. his agent uh, made it public and is basically just telling the world that he's available. Uh, another player that is fed say divides opinion and has not been very good recently is Marcus Rashford. But mm. he got United's third tonight. And it, and it was a really nice finish as well. And in similar situations in recent months, he might have duffed that at the keeper, but somehow found enough power and accuracy to put that in the top corner. Uh, I'm shocked, actually, when it happened. Yeah, I I was so sorry for him. I'm not so sorry. I felt so sorry for him when uh, I saw him play against Villa in the Cup. Everyone was on his back. They were saying that he looks disinterested. I didn't see that. I saw a player who looked like he cared way too much. I, I, I never believe the disinterested argument against almost all of these players. I think there's lack of confidence, lack of form, lack yeah. of understanding with the system. The amount of times United came back under Solskjaer and yeah. you know, came back from goals down yeah, dozens yeah, and absolutely. dozens of times. This wasn't a team that didn't care. For me, there's more fundamental problems than that. And mm. with Marcus, it's he cares. He cares. No, he cares me, loads. Me, yeah. He cares too much, you know? About everything. And, and that's why we love him. He's, he's a national hero and, and Manchester's hero. And yeah, he's absolutely why we love him. And he... And you can feel it when there's a player who represents the the club and city in the way that he does. You do feel it more. It was the same argument, by the way, if you'll allow me just a little diversion of when everyone used to say about Solskjaer, when they said, oh, you're just supporting him because he's a legend. The arguments, it's another grey area because the, the knock-on point from that is, will it mean more if we win something with Solskjaer as manager? And obviously it would. And that's mm-hmm. where we are with Rashford, is that it means more because of who he is and because of where yeah. he's come from. It obviously does. So when you see him struggling, and, and especially because of everything that he's done, because he's a national hero and because you know that he cares. And Ed, it's a run of form. It's a run of form. Now, his run of form, it may be dropping off to being an average Premier League footballer. It might be dropping off to be a championship level footballer. He might be a very good Champions League level footballer. We don't know. We're watching that happen. we got to support him. And I felt so sorry for him when I watched him play against Villa. He, he, nothing that he was trying was coming off. And we had this, I think it was the Wolves game where we saw him. And I said, when he tried that pass, when he was moved to right wing back and he tried this pass and it was massively overhit and he just saw a player whose confidence was on the floor. And when you see that, it just made, well, for me, I'm speaking personally for me, it makes me mm-hmm. feel sorry when I look at those players because I think that the pressure that they're under is, a lot of people are saying, oh, this is the worst United team since the one that got relegated and even worse than that because they don't like the people who are in it. And it's a lot of weight for those players to carry, especially Marcus. There there are goals that make you feel emotional for watching and they really effectively mean nothing. But that was one. You remember the one where where Ollie actually came back after his long injury layoff and scored at Charlton? He's been out for three years. It's something like that. I know it's not the same journey that he's been on, but when you see him hit strike with confidence, has that Marcus been? And hopefully he's on his way back. 
I know it's a cliche, but those little things do, you know, you hear the old pros talk about it all the time. Just one thing can, yeah. and, and confidence comes coursing back. And I, I really hope, I hope that's the case for Marcus because we need him, but he needs it. And, yeah. and I, I think, look, football is about emotions. Otherwise, it's a game of football manager with yeah. the emotions taken out of it. Actually, football is not played out in buying and selling players like they're trading cards. I, although this time of year... You wouldn't believe it, would you? No, exactly. <laughs> it seems to be the most important game, uh, the transfer market. But it is a game of emotions. That's why we were all affected when fans weren't in stadiums. That The product, quote unquote, wasn't as good because the atmosphere means something. And the emotion um, attached to Marcus and what he means to the club and the city uh, does mean more than just some other player. So it should do. So, yeah, look, great for him. Uh, Great for Greenwood to get a goal as well because he's had 935 shots in the last game. Yeah. Give give or take a few. Yeah. (laughs) May may uh, not be statistically correct, but he was getting up there, wasn't he? Yeah. Rounding era. Almost as many shots as United have had corners without scoring. Oh my so, God, yeah. hundred and hundred and odd without scoring from not just corners. It's uh, it's all set pieces. Uh, bloody <laughs> shocking statistic. I, I I can't remember his name. Our new uh, our new set pieces coach really earning his call. Ramsey, Ramsey, Ramsey. Yeah. That's it, Ramsey. It was a set piece that United conceded from. As well, wasn't it? Wasn't it Brentford corner? I'm, I'm kind of. Black. It was. I'd love to. It was. No, it was. A, it was a throw-in. It was a throw-in. Throw-in. I, throw-in. I would love. I would love to know. And I wouldn't. I'd dread to know. But someone could probably find this out. How many goals United have conceded from attacking set pieces? Because since they last scored one, because it's going to be quite a lot. It's going to be a couple. Yeah, two or three at least. Because they, yeah. they were at Duncan position Alexander against... on Twitter. He'll he'll yeah exactly. <laughs> there were but there were two or three situations like that tonight where we we could have easily been done. But we had De Gea to thank for that. Positionally, sometimes we look all over the place for a team who's susceptible for counters on on corners. Yeah, we are. We just like it's never happened before. You're like, oh, oh, this happens frequently. I, I was, um, I was having a dig at Harry Maguire earlier, obviously, uh, which I like to do, not because I particularly hate him or anything. I just, yeah. Anyway, like, like, like get into a long discussion about it's him. Comforting. But, uh, it's comforting. It, it is, it is comforting. There was some newspaper tittle tattle about Rangnick apparently going to his new overlord in Richard Arnold and saying that Maguire alongside Shaw and Wan Bazaka are not good enough United and United will need to replace them. Don't know the veracity of that or not. Although I think we could all see with our own eyes how good that those three have been this season. Not very <laughs> is the truth. I mean, there's nobody in United's defensive ranks or goalkeeping ranks that should feel safe in their position. Perhaps only Rafael Varane and it's only because he's brand new and his injuries mean that he's a concern as well. But yeah, M- Maguire's first two... The major contributions were to give the ball away uh, and put Brentford through on a good attacking situation and then have one bounce off his leg and into a Brentford player. Uh, I think maybe Fred had a swipe at it to try and clear it as well before Brentford scored. But it wasn't a good look. <laughs> Not all Harry's fault. Um, I'll, I'll mm. forgive him that one. Only half a pre-assist for the Brentford goal. When you see players in bad form or who aren't good, they make players around them look bad. And yeah. I worry, sometimes I worry that we've had defenders, I'm not going to call them out because I'm sure we can all remember some in history. There were players who, you know, when Ferdinand was first in the side and he looked like a joker and then suddenly you had good defenders around him and he looked like a Rolls Royce, like, it, like yes. he was. So uh, you have that problem now, I think, because we've got such an odd bunch of 
combinations that plays yes, along yeah. complementary to each other that they are going to do stuff like that and, and yeah Maguire can you remember when Maguire first signed and he, he was dropping off two or three yards and it was famously a game against Arsenal Old Trafford yes, yeah. we see oh and Villa Villa as well I think we we conceded goals where he was just dropping off two yeah. or three yards too deep and he doesn't have be- confidence in his own pace yeah, I think that, and also the fact that they, at that point he'd been with the club for two or three months, so how, how are they getting these combinations that wrong that you've got to, Maguire should have said to someone, by the way guys, I like to start two or three yards deeper than you, so you'd better watch your line, but, but there's no communication there, and then you see him playing, and yeah, it's a little bit erratic when he comes on. It's a strange one, because you look at those three players, and you say Wan-Bissaka defensively is probably the best on form defensively his tackles are great Luke Shaw offensively probably the best if he on form again we're talking on the way that he drives his, the ball. his numbers offensively that, yeah. that's the whole range of attacking numbers um are still very good for fullbacks this season he's right up there wish for a really crappy season is would surprise me when I saw the numbers I was looking at it when Bazaka, yeah, he's great in the one-on-one. Positionally, I just I don't trust him He's gone to pot this season positionally. It's, it's unbelievable. Grace Robertson did a really good newsletter on him this week and pointed some other analysis, which I thought was really useful. You'll be able to find it if you go search around on Wan-Bissaka and just like where he is now. Two and a half years into his mm. United career. And honestly and sadly... For a player of his expense and promise, he really hasn't progressed, has he? In some cases, may have even regressed in terms of his confidence. No, no yeah, you're right. A couple of years ago, 18 months ago, I talked to Richard Shaw, who was the youth team coach at Palace. With I was talking to him for the Cantona book that I was writing, and um, obviously he had a bit of a part oh, to yes, play. Oh, yes, they had a, <laughs> a, a little part. In, uh, he was central to the narrative on the day. So... I was talking to him and the popular question at the time was, oh, do you think Wan-Bissaka could play in the in a defensive, in a central role? And he said, no, he, he was absolutely taken aback by that. He said, no, because he needs to, he needs people speaking around him all the time. And he's always been, he was a natural winger and everything like that. It's, it's funny that you, you mentioned that the way that people are talking about him at the moment. I do a weekly podcast with Paul Parker and I talked yeah. to him this week and one of the questions put to him in the in our chat was do you think what what do you think on united's fullback situation and ed this podcast made press i don't know why because i didn't think there was anything particularly controversial in there but but there was about four or five comments that paul made in the podcast that just made press everywhere the one thing that didn't make press was the most pertinent point they made in the the entire hour which was i'd need new fullbacks on either side if they want to challenge for the title and yeah i mean i think he's right no i think yeah i think he is i sure you're absolutely right. His his numbers are great, and in spite of everything, when he's got the ball at his feet, he seems to make good decisions. But when the ball is not in his position, possession, he makes horrendous decisions. He, he yeah. he's, the number of times you've mentioned Wambasaka's position, and this is these are the kind of things that when you sat at either side, like if you're either in the east stand or the Stretford end, and you've seen the game in front of you, yes. when you see how badly the position is. Like Wambasaka's against City was, they played him a fall in that game. But Shaw is, he always makes the gamble for bouncing balls that he's nowhere near. And you can see the thought process goes through as the ball's bouncing. <laughs> you can see, he yes. goes like, I'm not going to go for it. I'm going to go for it. 
he literally has that conversation with himself and he always misses it every Pro single time. Probably the kind of thing that Mourinho was referring to when he Probably, was rather yeah. cool. When he said it had to do his thinking for him. Yeah, United won't sign four fullbacks, but <laughs> if, if you were to think about building a title-winning team, you probably would. The thing with the, that Ragnick supposed conversation I thought about was, my God, he's talking about players that United spent $150 million yeah. on in the yeah. transfer market and are earning 500 grand a week, let's just yeah. say, between them. And it's a hell of an investment. And there will be the calculation at the club. It's, sunk, it's, sunk, it's a sunk cost now, but there definitely will be the calculation that, that those assets have a value. Uh, and it will be hard to move them on if, even if the new manager wanted to, it would be very hard to realise some kind of value from those assets. So it's going to be a problem. Whoever the new guy is, if it's not going to be Rangnick, we'll have to find a way to, to get something more out of those, all of those. So Oli obviously wanted Trippier at the start of the season. And I, I always made a point about how United, or the, the manager, whoever the manager is, over a period of time, and, and Mourinho famously wasn't allowed this because the, the argument about him not getting centre-backs was the centre-backs you bought were rubbish. And... So fast forward three years and Solskjaer wasn't allowed to buy Trippier, not because of Wan-Bissak or anything, it was just because obviously the Glazers wanted 15 million for themselves and they didn't want to give it for a fullback. But one of the big problems that United are going to have until they give a manager this amount of time is hand letting that manager handle a, the transition within a transition. So you know that these players aren't going to be good enough to win a league. We all know that. Maguire's probably not going to captain the United winning side. But if you... The only comparison I want to make of a Fergie one that's valid, that I think is valid now from the Solskjaer era, is that you look at the likes of like Donaghy and Webb and Wallace, players who he brought in yep. towards the start of his reign, who, who weren't going to be challenging in a team that's going to win a league title. They weren't going to be part of it. But he was still allowed the opportunity to bring that player in and get rid of him, Jim Layton famously. So you've got players like that. You're not always going to... From where we were, six... You're going to need players to take you up to second or third. And United just, I don't know what it is, if it's the board or if it's the support. There's just this automatic thing where United buy a player for 50 million and, oh, that player's going to win as the league. Give him time to, to see if they will or won't. And and if they're not, yeah. don't, like, the, the, they're still going to need to replace the player, even if they replace the manager. And the... The value that you're getting back in the manager and allowing him to make that mistake and control the dressing room is like you're saying, all right, I made a mistake, but I can move on. I do think that's a really fair point. The modern way, of course, of, of thinking about that kind of squad management in five-year timeframes is with the director of football, which United haven't had. Murtar yeah, yeah. and I guess Fletcher as his sidekick as the technical director now have that job. I don't know how much autonomy they'll have under the 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 Richard Arnold regime. We'll see. That's what they're there for, to manage that squad over a period of time. But let's move on before we close out. West Ham at the weekend at Old Trafford. What do we got to say about this? Moyes' West Ham lost to Leeds at the weekend. It was a fun game. Moyes has had this kind of transformation, hasn't he? He's built West Ham. They're currently fourth. They've played a game more than United, three games more than Spurs, and two more than Arsenal. So, you know, they might not stay there for that long. But still... That's an overperformance. And the biggest praise you can say, he's finally got the West Ham fans off his back. Uh, and suddenly they love the London Stadium. I think it's still called that, yeah. don't they? Because West Ham are playing well. Exactly. And But what I think about this for United is that obviously 
you look at the Brentford game that was postponed and rearranged when it was originally put in place it would have been a terrible time for us to have played Brentford so it got rearranged they had a couple of bad results and it was an ideal time to play for them because they're obviously the confidence was on the floor a little bit you I think we're in that stage with West Ham famous last words but they lost against Leeds they know they're overperforming they know that they're not they're, they're way above where they're expected to be so they're probably we've seen it traditionally with David Moyes teams they just they do drop off when they know that they're overperforming and we never had that problem unfortunately <laughs> with David but every other David Moyes team seems to have that problem and, and maybe that's another sign of luck that's coming around the corner for us and to be fair Ragnik could do with that kind of look he needs that kind of look at the moment like it's a good time for United to play someone like I think we've got yeah. Burnley coming up yeah, um, yeah, yeah. so they, we might do depending if we get to play them if they're ever going to play again we'll um, see I mean who's who knows what the rules are yeah I mean Burnley are like 16 games behind everyone else aren't they I mean I, I say flippantly who knows what the rules are but literally who knows what the yeah. rules are Arsenal had yeah. two COVID cases at the weekend and, and managed to get a, a game called off West Ham's problem partly has been injuries, of course. They've had quite a lot of injuries and it's disrupted their squad, which isn't the biggest of squads. Look, they lost against Leeds, but that could have gone either way. Leeds, they played the same way every week and get very, very different results all of the time. They beat Norwich before that. Uh, West Ham beat Leeds in the Cup. This is a Leeds game with about 15 teenagers in it, though. Uh, And they beat Palace before that and Watford before that. So it's not like they're in bad form, but the injuries... Maybe a little dip, uh, pressure building, expectations building. Yeah, I'd, I'd probably, especially with United winning today, I feel better about this, obviously. <laughs> but just that little bit of confidence that we don't go there with the, 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 the Hammers crowd up for it, putting pressure on United straight away, you know where that yeah. leads. So I feel a little more confident as a result. No, yeah, yeah, me too. I, I think as well, Saturday, three o'clock, Nice to have one of those. Might get a different atmosphere. You're quite right in, in West Ham. It's not necessarily a bad run of form. It's just, I, th- I think sometimes when you look at the other thing that you've got with United is that, and we've done this traditionally for a few years, so I, I don't want to end on a downer when we've won tonight and played quite well in the second half. But don't United always have this knack of doing just enough or less than just enough? So yeah. when you think that they're going to be challenging for fourth again, well, they'll probably just match the worst result of the weekend and just stay in contention for it so you say oh mathematically they could do it until such time that until we finish second that was the the pattern that we found ourselves yeah. in well so, it uh, does look like a four-way race of fourth united and arsenal on 35 points spurs on 36 west ham on 37 there's a, a wildly different number of games played but if the fourth place trophy is all we've got to fight for then yeah. this is a really critical game yeah, absolutely. I'm not like you, more positive after tonight, but we've been put through the ringer so many times with United, haven't we? So who knows what to expect. It's always the way. Anyway, I guess we'll we'll leave it there for this week. Good to speak to you again, Wayne. Uh, where can people find you? Wayne Barton, they can find me on, on my social media. Um, on your social media and Talk of the Devils website and pod as well. Yeah, great to speak to you again. No doubt we'll be speaking again soon. And touch wood, touch wood victory at the weekend. Need that momentum. It's been a sort of in and out start, hasn't it, under Ragnik? And a a second win in a row would make us all feel much better. (laughs) 
If you like the show, the way you can support us best is by leaving us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. And it really doesn't matter what you say in that review either. You can say you'd rather we talked about Manchester City and Liverpool. Just hit those five stars. Many thanks.